0: welcome to audiobook test drive in today's episode we are featuring an excerpt from enslaving Eli written by Billy Rosie Eli is seduced by the prospect of submitting to jasmine when jasmine the beautiful dominant meets tall hunky Eli at the dullest party in the world Eli wants to see her again he doesn't understand her reluctance they've had fun together and it isn't as if he's asking her to marry him, just maybe a cup of coffee. When Jasmine tells Eli of her secret life, Eli is intrigued and gradually he is initiated into a world of bdSM that is jasmine's submissive is impossible for him to walk away from. Jasmine tells Eli of a secret, exclusive organization, the Coterie. The coterie is centuries old; its members are dominant women. Their ethos in life is total submission of the male. Eli endures humiliation, depravity, and absolute control at the hands of Mistress Jasmine, but Eli and Jasmine are more than Mistress and Slave. They have fallen in love. When Mistress Jasmine is killed in an automobile accident, Eli is devastated. Officially, Eli now belongs to the coterie. He is property. He is told that he is to be sold to another mistress. Eli, however, has other ideas. This story explores a much under-discussed orientation, that of the male submissive. Relinquishing control is not regarded as a masculine way to go about things. But in relinquishing control, Eli's life is fulfilled. And now for your listening pleasure. An excerpt from Enslaving Eli.
1: Chapter 1. The Grave Her grave was covered with flowers, bright blooms of burgundy roses, blousy pink peonies, black-eyed purple anemones, and pink and mauve sweet peas. Even six months after her death, people came every day and laid fresh flowers. A tall, slender man stood at the graveside, He was scruffily dressed in faded, torn jeans and a grubby T-shirt. His dark, straight hair needed the attention of a good hairdresser. He'd always worn it in a longer style. Now it hung over his face, constantly getting into his eyes. He wasn't making a fashion statement. His disarray was not a deliberate negligence. There was a sense of exhaustion about him, a sense that he had no energy to make an effort with his attire or anything else. At just thirty years old, Eli was weary of life. He wanted discontinuance, but suicide was never an option. Eli closed his eyes. The image of a large Elizabethan manor house flashed into his mind, and with the image, the memories. The coterie and the first time she'd taken him there. It had been autumn time. Jasmine had driven his car, the big Mercedes, He had been blindfolded at the start of the journey. She'd only stopped to remove the blindfold when she'd turned into the long driveway. He was never to know the exact location of the manor house in all the years they spent together. It had become a kind of game. He playfully guessing where she was taking him, she laughing her denials. The gently winding driveway was flanked on either side by tall linden trees, their bright green leaves just turning to autumn gold and at last the house came into view. The vista had taken his breath away. There was a sense of history, of age in the façade of the beautiful Elizabethan manor, clothed in scarlet Virginia creeper. There was a sense of mystery, too, of disturbing, urgent, dark secrets. Things happened here of which no one spoke. Profound things. Profane things. Across a field, he could see a group of naked men involved in a rigorous assault course. A mistress in shorts and a t-shirt flicked a whip. A perplexing sense of wonder swept over him that this could be his life, if he were considered worthy. Eli had been determined to be considered worthy. Bees hummed around the flowers on the grave. A bright red admiral butterfly sipped at the sugary nectar. He was lean, his legs long and powerful, he moved with the grace of an accomplished athlete. Yet, in his real life, he was a best-selling writer, a reclusive writer. His publisher didn't even have a photograph of him for the book jacket. The publisher had argued, cajoled, and flattered. She knew that with his dark, good looks, book sales would soar. But his lifestyle did not permit celebrity status. He'd refused point-blank to go on television for The Book Show and refused interviews from the most prestigious of academic journals book signings were out of the question. Oxford University had offered him an honorary doctorate. He'd politely declined. Under Jasmine's dominance, his writing had come alive. Now that she was dead, he couldn't write a word. A barely started manuscript remained, tattered in his old battered leather briefcase back at the derelict cottage that these days he called home. A song thrush perched on the headstone of the grave, looking at him with his bright eye. The bird caroled a melody of condolence. Eli neither saw nor heard. He stood and stared unsmilingly at the headstone. A muscle ticked in his lower cheek just above his jaw. It was a strongly carved face, hard and determined, a balance of angles and sculptured shapes. An intelligent face. It could have been described as beautiful, but for a slightly crooked nose— broken from falling out of a tree when he was in his teens. A different world, a different life. He was tanned from living out of doors these past months. He read the dedication even though he knew it by heart. In loving memory, etc., etc., Eli cursed under his breath. He wanted to kick the white marble headstone, spit on it with its fucking stupid sentimentality. He wanted to ruin the carefully placed flowers. He wanted to piss on her grave. He turned his face from the headstone and absently surveyed the English landscape. His face was contorted into an agonized mask. He stretched out his neck. Had anyone been there to see him, they would have known that if a wolf or a dog had done this, it would have been about to howl. It was a feral, primal phase of ticking seconds, He was locked into a moment of pure ecstatic pain, so sweet that it was almost pleasurable. He felt dizzy. Echoes of an orgasm flickered from his anus up his spine. He felt a cleansing. Then cold anger washed over him again, and with it anger's old companion, cold despair. Had anyone been there to see him, they would have been chilled, even on this warm day in June. If there were five stages to the grieving process— Eli hadn't moved beyond anger, with despair coming a close second. He shifted his position. He'd been standing there a long time. A tall man, a strong man with well-defined muscles beneath the tight T-shirt, an athletic figure with broad shoulders, narrow waist, strong biceps. A body carved from swimming daily since his youth. After a slicing dive, he would cut through the water with strong, powerful strokes. These days he still swam— But no longer for pleasure, he swam to exhaust himself. When he pushed his body through the clear waters of the lake, he didn't have to think. The glaring sunlight and the white marble headstone hurt his eyes. It reminded him of idyllic days spent in Greece with Jasmine, the love of his life. And she lay buried in rotting six feet beneath the flowers and green turf. And the child that rotted within her, his child, a daughter, He could come back at dead of night, he thought. Like a ghoulish grave robber, he could dig her up. Fuck her corpse. Fuck her hard till his hard cock split the rotting flesh. He'd made love to her in life. He'd fuck her in death. Necrophilia. That was a perversion that the Coterie, that exclusive club of female dominance, hadn't embraced. At least not as far as he knew. He'd put it to them, if he ever had any contact with them again. Jasmine. There had been a time when her name had curled across his tongue. The hint of her fragrance would make his cock hard. Now, her name made him want to spit. She had stated, quite clearly, in her list of final wishes, that he was to be given to a Mistress Lucia. Mistress fucking Jasmine had known exactly how to tighten the screws to breaking point. She would have known, when she'd signed the document, how he would hate her for it. She had known that he had loved her. He'd thought that she had loved him, too. That she could do such an evil, calculated thing. And who the hell was Mistress Lucia, anyway? Probably some bloody amateur, with an inadequate husband wanting to play a few s games. Well, Mistress Lucia and the whole bloody coterie could go to hell. Jasmine had been his only mistress. He would never belong to another. He lay down on the soft turf, and pushing a place between the flowers, he placed his cheek on the grassy mound.
0: We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from Enslaving Eli. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.